everyone, welcome to our first official episode of Psychopathology, the podcast. It's your co-host Isabella. And your other co-host Andrew. And in today's episode, we're going to dive deep into what exactly psychopathology is, considering that is the title of our podcast. So Andrew, what exactly is psychopathology? So that's a very important question that you bring up. You know, like you mentioned, it is the title of our podcast, so it's very important mm-hmm. that the listeners, you know, understand what psychopathology is, Mm -hmm. right? So this is the American Psychiatric Association's definition of psychopathology, right? Psychopathology is the scientific study of mental disorders, including their theoretical underpinnings, Mm -hmm. ideology, progression, symptomatology, diagnosis, and treatment, right? This applies to every single disorder that's listed in the DSM. Mm-hmm. You know, because certain criteria having to do with symptoms, impairment, duration, right? They all have to be met for a diagnosis of a mental disorder to be given. Mm-hmm. What is the DSM? So the DSM is the Diagnostic and Statistics Manual, right? We're mm-hmm. currently under the fifth edition of that manual. And it's essentially, you know, a really big book, right? At least like 1,400, 1,500 pages. I don't know the, I don't know that number by heart, but it's a really thick book. And it lists essentially, you know, the criteria that an individual has to be Mm -hmm. met to be diagnosed with a mental disorder. Mm -hmm. Other than that, it also lists, you know, additional facts about the disorder, right? You know, a general overview of what it is, prevalence rates, you know, statistics about the disorder, you know, onset information. It's a really good book, you know, if you want to go in depth on all the recognized mental disorders that APA recognizes. So it's the book of psychology and mental illness, basically. I mean, a lot of, a lot of you know, mental health professionals yeah. really you know, <laughs> use that book as a reference, yeah. Okay, okay. What are your personal experiences working with someone who has a diagnos- diagnosis of a mental disorder? So there are many different types of therapies that are used to treat certain disorders, right? And, you know, therapists may need to adjust their style to fit the needs of the consumer. So, you know, one of the very good things about therapy is that there's no script that one needs to follow, right? While a therapist may keep notes about questions that they would like to ask, and many, you know, generally keep a plan of how they would like to go about the session, adjustments could always be made on the fly based on the information that's provided from the consumer. Mm -hmm. And a good therapist would be able to make those adjustments, Mm -hmm. right? So based on my personal experiences working at the crisis center, There have been times where I've shown up to sessions with a clipboard of notes and topics that I wanted to discuss with a patient. Mm -hmm. However, right, a big part of therapy is being able to adjust your approach at any given time. And during that specific session, you know, we ended up going over different types of material and coping strategies than I had originally planned for that would still end up benefiting the consumer, Mm -hmm. right? So based off of his needs, I ended up, you know, adjusting my approach and changing what I had planned to Mm -hmm. work on with him. Okay, so what are the most common mental illnesses? So this is according to inspirehealth.com, right? According to them, the most common mental health disorders are anxiety disorders, right? This could be general anxiety disorders, specific phobias, or panic disorder, right? Mm -hmm. Now, some stats from the DSM. The DSM states that the prevalence rate for these disorders are 2.9% for adults and 0.9% for children for generalized anxiety Mm -hmm. disorder. 2 to 3% for panic disorder, and 8 to 12% for specific phobia. So that means, you know, a general percentage of the, that specific percentage of the mm-hmm. adult population has a diagnosis for those disorders, right? And oh, wow. It's quite a lot, you know, if we look yeah. at specific phobia, honestly. What know. would, like, treatment for those disorders look like? So it's, it's quite 
different but similar for each one considering that they are you know all anxiety disorders and they all fall under that grouping so you might see a little overlap with treatments for you know the disorders but it is very unique you know uh, for specific phobia laurie reichenberg and linda uh, seligman authors of the book selecting effective treatments fifth edition state that many interventions for specific phobia would involve quote-unquote in vivo exposure right what that essentially means is that they're confronting the feared stimuli, which mm-hmm. is the thing that they're scared of, right? Outside of a typical therapy setting, it would be very helpful for therapists to create a safe and supportive environment where the individual can habituate to their fears, mm-hmm. right? So it involves just a lot of exposure into the you know thing that you're scared of. And you know, with through enough exposure, you'll eventually grow to feel comfortable, mm-hmm. right? And as you're going through you know, that exposure, you're obviously you know, right off the bat, still going to be scared of it, right? So that's why usually the therapist is there to help you mitigate your symptoms mm-hmm. and help you cope with your symptoms while the fear stimuli is in front of you. Is exposure therapy like a thing? Exactly, exactly. And I was actually going to go right into that right now, mm-hmm. actually. Exposure therapy is the first-hand treatment to specific phobia, right? Mm-hmm. And it's usually accompanied by the creation of a hierarchy of symptoms, you know. I actually really like the example that Reichenberg and Seligman use regarding the fear of dentists. You know, in their okay, book, yeah. they use the fear of dentists, right? Um, and I really like that because that's what I have. I have a fear of dentists. <laughs> you know? So when creating a list of feared stimuli, one might rank them as like one, you know, mm-hmm. experiencing tooth pain, right? Two, thinking or talking about going to a dentist. Three, mm-hmm. having a tooth drilled. So you're making a like a list or like a ranking of what you're scared of you know, least is number one and mm-hmm. most is number 10. Right. So you rank them, you know, in order about what scares you the most, right. right? You know, each number is a stimuli that causes a little bit more anxiety all the way up to number 10, which is, you know, actually driving to the dentist's office in right. their example, right? right? 10 is the thing that scares you the most. And in their example, it was actually going to the dentist's office, right? Right. So in this way, the entire hierarchy is presented to the person one at a time until their fear is reduced. Because they've been exposed to it enough to grow comfortable to it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we talk about step number one, experiencing tooth pain. So maybe, you know, you might talk about experiencing tooth pain, right? That's what scares you the most or mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's what scares mm-hmm. you the least in their example. So they might talk about experiencing tooth pain and maybe come, maybe come up with like a, you know, unofficial or like, you know, unnatural way mm-hmm. to create temporarily feelings of tooth pain mm-hmm. to get them comfortable to you know what it actually feels like right. right so treatment for panic disorder and generalized anxiety disorder are relatively similar do those go hand in hand panic disorder and general? they generally do yeah they generally do especially the treatment right mm-hmm. you know that's kind of why you know i chose to categorize them you mm-hmm. know, under the same umbrella right mm-hmm. they both involve cognitive behavior therapy or CBT. What's cognitive behavior therapy? So essentially, it's a type of therapy that involves examining your thoughts and your behaviors and reactions towards those thoughts and okay. really working on managing those thoughts and those behaviors, right? Okay. So it goes hand in hand, both thoughts and behaviors, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Examining your thoughts, managing any unwanted ones that you may have, and then managing your behaviors that occur as a result of those thoughts, mm-hmm. right? Okay, okay. So... Using CBT for the treatment of panic disorder and generalized anxiety disorder, usually psychoeducation about, quote-unquote, what is normal is the first step of the treatment process, mm-hmm. right? 
reducing the misinterpretation of certain bodily sensations is part of the CBT process. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you may think that, you know, let's use anxiety disorder as an example. You mm-hmm. may think that it's not natural to feel your hands trembling when right. you get really right. anxious, right? right? What psychoeducation does is teaches you that, you know, that's a normal reaction to anxiety right. and it normalizes those symptoms. Right. Once you've know feel like those symptoms are normalized generally treatment would be a lot easier because you're no longer scared of experiencing those symptoms you know treatment for panic disorder may also involve some interoceptive exposure and breathing techniques that relax the body right those have also been shown to be effective for anxiety disorders and this is also according to reichenberg and seligman what's like the most common like I guess, thing that shows you have anxiety? Like, is it the trembling hands? Is it the heavy breathing? A lot of people actually experience fast heartbeat, you know, whenever your heart starts beating really fast. And that's actually, you know, one of the very first noticeable symptoms of panic disorder as well. Right. Your heart starts beating very fast, and that's a biological response. And generally, you know, deep breathing has been shown to help out with that a lot. You know, deep breathing and exposing yourself to, you know, the stimuli that causes anxiety. Right. Right. Now, even though this was just like a general introduction to these disorders and the treatment that comes with it, you know, we hope as our podcast, right. we hope to go more in depth mm-hmm. in future episodes. So listeners, stay make tuned. sure you stay tuned. Yes. Thank you so much for listening and stay tuned next week for our new episode. Bye, guys. Bye bye.